Stella made a beat, so it's go time. gentlemen welcome back to another edition of the core four podcast a podcast under the grizzly bear blues podcast network alongside the gbb live and the three and d podcast you can find it on apple spotify google podcast stitcher megaphone iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast grizzly bear blues is a blog under sb nation you find it on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on twitter at sb and grizzlies i'm your host Parker Fleming, and with me today is none other than Mr. Hustle, Brandon Abraham. Brandon, what's going on? Man, you know, I'm kind of depressed over here. You know, I mean, it was just kind of, you know, Shams making it official, but, you know, with the G League season being canceled, it's it's a little bit of a bummer, you know. I mean, I'm glad the NBA is back. You know, I should be thankful for what we're getting, but, you know, it still kind of sucks that, you know, Hustle, we're having, you know, on pace to have the best season in franchise history. You know, had a young, fun, exciting group. And it just kind of seems that, you know, you blink and everything's kind of taken away. And especially in the G League, things change so much, you know, every year. You know, there's no telling what next season will look like. So it kind of, you know, it's a little bit of a bummer that, you know, we'll never really kind of know what this year could have been. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, it would have been cool to see – you know, some sort of return to the G League. Granted, it was never going to happen, but, like, what if they, like, went to, like, high school gyms in Florida or I know Texas is starting to ease up and they're actually at 50% capacity for sporting arenas and sporting events. So that's something to monitor as well. But it makes sense at the same time. I mean, just go ahead and scrap a refresh for next season, especially when they have this big plan of, this G League select team headlined by Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd, and then also they're looking at 2021 prospect who just reclassified Jonathan Kuminja. So that's a, they have a big, big season ahead of them, especially just for the future of the G League. Well, and kind of where – and I, I think I tweeted this out kind of back when they were floating the idea of playing in Orlando – the logistics didn't make a ton of sense, but it would have been cool if they could have figured something out, even if they just jumped straight to the playoffs. Um, you know, but, you know. so let's say, you know, the, they do the eight regular season games for the NBA, but to fill that, let's say it's 11 o'clock through like, you know, four or five o'clock time slot that's going to have regular season games, but then when the NBA playoffs pick up, you know, they're not. They could have had the G League playoffs because – with everyone working from home, people are going to watch it, even if it's, you know, minor league basketball. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of hard to convince these teams and all that to come down, you know, with the G League playoffs being single elimination. You know, it makes sense why they didn't do it, but it would have been cool if they could have figured something out to kind of highlight and promote the G League, you know, in Orlando with the rest of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, in today's, or as we're recording this on Monday, in his column today, 
Uh, Brandon dropped one last hustle report for the season. And in this season, the Memphis Hustle finished second in the Western Conference, going 26-15, and 15, including a hot 10-0 start. It was 10-0, right, Brandon? Yeah, 10-0, uh, G League record breaker, you know, best start, you know, to a season in G League history. And especially when you look at Jason March's first time as a head coach, you know, at any, you know, like basically, you know, not the NBA, but, you know, the G League, like his first real legit shot at being a head coach. So it was, it was pretty unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to let you give the listeners just an overview of what it was like to cover the hustle this year, because you had Jason March's debut as a head coach. And as he was replacing Brad Jones, who's now on the Grizzly staff, and then you had the Josh Jackson experience down there, but you also had Dusty Hannes emerge as a possible MVP frontrunner for the entire G League. So just what was it like covering the hustle this past season? I mean, to, to quote something you would say, it was a movie. Yeah. Um, you know, the hot start was, you know, great. It was fun. It kind of picked up, you know, some fans. It got people's attention, you know. Josh Jackson being on assignment, figuring out, you know, what exactly he was going to be like, how was he going to handle it? You know, I mean, that was a blast, you know, Josh, you know, my interactions with him, he was great. He was humble, you know, kind of, you know, not what I was expecting going into it. I mean, the talent on the court, you know, yeah, I figured he'd dominate. You don't get drafted fourth overall for not being a good player. Um, You know, so he played, you know, as well as I thought he would, you know, kind of, scoring the ball, you know, but he impressed me as a facilitator, you know, defensively, he was great. You know, so he, I mean, he, he played really well, but what really kind of was the cool part to see was talking to him, you know, off the court and, you know, him kind of, you know, not really hiding his, he's made mistakes and he kind of owned up to it, you know, knew he needed to learn from it. Didn't really take the hustle assignment as, you know, a punishment where he's going to pout, you know, you know, throw temper tantrums on the court, you know, he, he took it as a, you know, chance to learn. And I think he, you know, it really kind of set him up to be an impact player once he got those minutes with the Grizzlies. Um, and then, like you said, Dusty Hanna's, you know, been with the hustle all three years, you know, his scoring average, you know, t- over 20 points, which is nearly triple what he averaged his, you know, rookie season, you know, he's always exciting, always fun, you know, flamethrower from deep, Matt Mooney was a great guard for the hustle the first part of the year before signing a contract with the Cavs. He got Jared Udolph, who's, you know, kind of a G League vet, but, you know, really reminds me a lot of Dirk Nowitzki if, you know, Dirk was in the G League with his, you know, kind of inside-out style of play. You know, two-way guys, you know, I'm a John Con stand for life. You know, Uta was great, and then, you know, got to see some assignment minutes out of, you know, D'Anthony Melton, Marco Guterich, Bruno Caboclo, you know, just, it was a fun year. You know, you get all these, you know, you get to see some NBA talent down in South Haven. And then you have surprise players like Shaq Buchanan, Ahmad Caver, you know, guys like that really kind of step up and make a name for themselves when, you know, Shaq going into the year, the only thing he was known for was being, you know, John Morant's other bounce brother at, you know, Murray State. So it was, you know, got to see a lot of different people play basketball and it was just a fun style of play. You know, 
G League's up tempo. It's fast, so it's it was a good time. Uh, I could ramble on for days, but it, it was just really just a lot of fun to put it in. You know, I guess a synopsis. Mm, absolutely, and looking ahead into like this off season into next season, I would feel like one of the bigger storylines with the Memphis Hustle is going to be Dusty Hannah's. Because like you said, he's emerged as an MVP candidate in the G League per Ridiculous Upside, the SB Nation's G League affiliate site. And from that one hustle game that you let me cover and from a little bit of the garbage minutes he got in his 10-day contract assignment, he's more than just a shooter. I mean, in the hustle game that I went to, they didn't have Josh Jackson Yuta Wadadambe, John Conchal, or Matt Mooney. I think Matt Mooney had just gotten his promotion by then. And Dusty just took it upon himself to handle point guard responsibilities, create off the dribble. I mean, he he was pulling up from like 27 to 30 feet off the dribble. I mean, that's, that is an NBA caliber skill. And Dusty was firing at that clip all season long. Yeah. So, I mean – What's next for him? Do we see him playing a fourth season with the hustle? I mean, does he look to overseas? Is there a shot for him to get on a 15-man roster in the NBA? I think with his improvement, whether it's the Grizzlies or another team, I think at worst he's going to get a uh, training camp invite type deal. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, ideally, and I think, you know, it's something we'll talk on in a little bit, you know, ideally I'd like to see him take one of the Grizzlies two ways because Dusty really hasn't gotten a fair shot, um, in the NBA and I'll, I'll discuss that a more later, but I think, I think he ends up training camp with somebody next year, you know, definitely on someone's summer league team. I, I don't know if I see him in a hustle uniform next year. I, I'm not sold that he'll go overseas. I just think that a team is going to be willing to take a chance on him because, I mean, like you said, he's more than just a three-point shooter. I mean, he's a hell of a three-point shooter. He shot, you know, forty, nearly 45% on seven attempts per game, you know, this past season. But, you know, he also shot 47% on the field on 16 attempts. You know, he really improved as a ball handler. He actually played a lot of point guard this season, which – you know, you just kind of the first couple of years didn't really see him doing. Um, so, I mean, he's just improved all around as a player. Um, so I, I think he's going to get a, a shot, you know, with some team, whether it's a training camp, preseason deal, or, you know, a two-way. But so I think some team's going to take a flyer on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and over these three years, and especially this season, he's kind of emerged as that face for the Memphis hustle. I mean, he's proven it this past season and the season before, but he also had some very nice summer league outings where I remember people actually know. I remember you remember Stuart Carter. He was like, Oh yeah. Dusty Hannes is better than Dylan Brooks. Granted, yep. not a good take, but still it goes to show you that Dusty Hannes was playing at a high level against some NBA caliber talent. Yeah. And he, he's definitely a guy that you can root for too. I mean, he's humble, you know, semi local, you know, from, Little Rock, Arkansas, you know, close enough to Memphis. And, you know, he's, he's just a guy that, you know, it's easy to root for. He's a fun player to watch play. You know, it's kind of a little bit of the new NBA where, I mean, dude does not hesitate to let it fly. 
And, you know, so I remember summer league games, like just, you know, watching him for two years, I kind of knew what to expect, but it was cool, you know, checking everything on Twitter and seeing the rest of Grizz Nation kind of realize, hey, this Dusty guy down in South Haven is pretty damn good. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if Dusty Hannes isn't in a hustle uniform this year, is there anybody on this current team that you think could emerge as that next face for the Memphis hustle? Uh, Shaq Buchanan, um, if, assuming he doesn't get an opportunity elsewhere. Um, Shaq's, you know, lovable personality, goofy, fun guy, um, has the highlight plays. You know, he can, you know, literally jump out of the gym. His friendship with Jaws, you know, a good storyline there. Um, so if Dusty moves on from South Haven, I think Shaq would be the next face of the hustle. Um, you know, just with the Memphis ties with Jaw and the way he plays, like it just kind of, you know, it'd be gritty. It'd be different without Dusty because, like you said, he's kind of become the face. But Shaq would, I think Shaq would be the first one to step right in and kind of take that new role. For sure. And a, a name that you mentioned earlier in the show is Jared Udoff. You compared him to Dirk. And honestly, it's just giving me a lot of flashbacks to John Lewer being called Tennessee and Dirk. But do you see Jared Udoff having a role somewhere in the Memphis organization this year or even on a main roster elsewhere? Because like you mentioned, he can shoot the three ball. And honestly, you wouldn't think this because of his build. But I didn't realize he was that good of a rebounder and that good of a center until I saw I've read your hustle reports and saw that he was averaging 11 rebounds a game. So do you think there's a spot for him in the league? And if so, does he have to downsize? Or, well, I technically he had to go up a position and be a stretch four? Or do you think he can actually be a serviceable backup big man somewhere? So I think – you know, because he's a little bit shorter than Dirk, and it's, um, you know, so I think he would definitely have to be a stretch four, or he'd be a very undersized five. Um, you know, so I think depending on you know, the team's you know overall makeup, you know, you could either you can have him as an emergency five for the Grizzlies. I'm not too sure. Um, in the immediate future, there's not really a spot for him. I mean, you know when Brandon Clark and Jaron were both hurt, you know, they signed Anthony Tolliver to a 10 day, but they also signed Udolf to, you know, kind of help, you know, fill in minutes down low. But, you know, they, they quickly kind of realized, you know, they didn't need him out there for the depth down low. Cause you know, you have Kyle Anderson who can play the four, you know, you have guys who can play down a position and then Jonas and Gorgie can eat up, you know, all the minutes at the five. So he was kind of pushed out. But I think, you know, he's someone that they'll try and keep in a hustle uniform just because, you know, Joe, you, a lot of people have at the blog, over at the blog have talked about it. Gorky Jang is going to be a prime trade candidate next season. And, you know, the Jonte Porter experiment, he could be Gorky's replacement depending on what he looks like. But, you know, if they get rid of Gorky, you know, let's say they trade another in the bench guy and have an open roster spot. Udolf could be a guy that could end up taking that spot and be kind of the emergency big off the bench. Um, not a bright future with the Grizzlies um, just because, you know, they're so stacked down low. But, I mean, there's definitely a spot in the league for him, especially that, you know, if he can keep, you know, improving as a three-point shooter. He's a solid rim protector for his size. Um, 
you know, just, you know, he, he's big enough to really just kind of make you think twice before driving in the lane and throwing up a layup. You know, he's, he's got a, you know, it's a little bit different from Dirk's fadeaway, but I mean, he's got this little floating fadeaway shot that he has that, I mean, it's money almost every time and he helps space the floor. He's a, you know, solid passer down low. I mean, I definitely think, you know, a team who maybe needs a big man or like spacing, um, like a team like Houston could use them and play them at the five and survive, you know, they weren't committed to playing, you know, 75 year old, you know, six, three PJ Tucker at center, but he definitely has a spot in the league. It just takes a team kind of take a chance on him. It doesn't help that he's, you know, a little bit older than most. Um, you know, he's not like dusty. Who's only been out of college for a couple of years. Like Jared's 27 years old. So it's, you know, he's kind of past that point to where teams are really necessarily going to take a chance on him. But I think if a team does and gives him minutes, you know, he's not going to disappoint. Mm-hmm, for sure. And we alluded to this with Dusty Hannah's, and I really want to go in and talk about the two-way contracts the Grizzlies have with Yuta Watanabe and John Conchar. And both have big cult followings. Obviously, with Yuta Watanabe, he was – he he was the first Japanese born NBA player, right? Yeah, he's the first one to uh actually like get minutes, I think score points. It was something along those lines. I forget the specifics, but yeah, I mean he made Japanese history. I mean, he has a huge following. You know, Rui Hachimura with the Wizards kind of took a lot of attention since he was a lottery pick and playing really well for the Wizards, whereas Yuta was more of a G League sensation. But, you know, you just got his, you know, big support system. And you and I are very familiar with the Conch Army. Yeah, we are very familiar with the Conchar Hive and the John Conchar fan account. Definitely one of my favorite Twitter accounts in all of Grizzlies Twitter, no matter what that bracket said. And (laughs) the thing with Yuta that it's going to be interesting because people did peg him as a guy that could end up on the main roster at some point, but he just wrapped up his second year as a two-way guy. He can still get that contract converted as Woj mentioned that they're going to allow teams to expand on their roster. And even then they're allowing the teams that are currently at or all all teams, even the ones outside the playoffs, they had that transaction window as well. So they can make moves as well. But Yuta Watanabe, I just didn't see a lot of progress from him, at least in his main roster minutes. Granted, in the summer league, he looked great. And a lot of times, he looked like one of those second-year guys where you put him out there and you're like, damn, I think he's actually too good for this right now. We may need to preserve his health a little bit. I mean, they stopped playing him really once Brandon Clark got in. So what is the outlook for Yuta Watanabe? Because, I mean, I didn't get to see him much in the hustle at all. So – was there progress from year one to year two, or do you share that same sentiment with me? Um, I'm more along the lines, like you said. I mean, I think he took on a little bit more of a scoring load with the hustle at certain points this year. With the hustle, like his biggest thing, I guess, where if I were to critique is, and I think it's why he struggled in his NBA minutes, is it takes him longer than others to like adjust to like different surroundings, different you know, scenarios. So I think the NBA kind of caught him by surprise, you know, it moved a little bit too fast for him. The G League, he kind of was more comfortable this year. 
um, did kind of whatever Jason asked them to do. You know, there'd be games, you know, if we had Josh Jackson, John Conchar, Dusty, Matt Mooney, you'd have didn't have to go out and score, you know, so they'd use him as a defender, you know, facilitator, kind of like a point forward. And he'd, you know, thrive at that. But then, you know, there were games when they were down to having like six, seven active players and, I forget who they were playing, but you scored like 27 points in the like fourth quarter and overtime to, you know, leave the hustle back from like down 15 to a win. So, I mean, he improved, but I'm not sure if I see him in a hustle or grizzly uniform next year, just because, you know, like we talked before the year and I kind of was thinking that Yuta would be impressive enough, maybe get his contract converted, you know, middle of this year and, you know, sign an NBA contract. But now, you know, John Contra has kind of surpassed Yuta in, you know, at least Taylor Jenkins' eyes and seemingly the front office. So, you know, they'll probably convert John Conchar to an NBA deal. I'd be very shocked if they don't do that. And that kind of leaves Yuta in a weird little spot because a lot of teams rotate through these two-way deals. You know, the Grizzlies have, you know, kind of stayed steady with theirs for the most part. But I, I think he's going to be a fine player. He might be. He reminds me a little bit of Kobe Simmons, the first year the hustle were a thing, where he's too good for the G League, but just not good enough for the NBA. Yeah, I could see that. And you mentioned John Conchar became, you know, he came a little cult hero in Memphis a little bit. And he also caught the attention of the coaching staff when all those players went down and he took advantage of those minutes. He had, he was very productive and I was very impressed with what I saw. He, a lot like D'Anthony Melton, he just did something every time he got on the court, he did something to make the team better, whether that was swatting the ball away or making the right pass or getting an off. He was a fiend on the offensive glass. Like I don't, I haven't seen a guy that size corral rebounds like John Conchar. It was um, it was pretty impressive, to be honest. And I know yeah, I'm in the I mean, boat where – go ahead. I was just going to say, he has a knack for just attacking the boards, you know, really kind of surprising you because it's not just, you know, boxing out or anything. Like, I mean, he, he got tops. Like, he'll get up there and come out of nowhere and snag a board and, you know, create extra possessions, like you said, or a little bit like DeAnthony, he'll create a deflection or, you know – cut somebody off like you know he just kind of like you said if D'Anthony Melton did have the nickname Mr. Do Something we'd probably give that to John Conchar because like when he's on the court he's doing something productive Mm -hmm, for sure and he's a guy where I would think his roster spot needs to be converted into a main roster spot and that might come through having to choose one between Josh Jackson and D'Anthony Melton or may come at the expense of Marco Guterich. I don't know. But should the Grizzlies this season prioritize, or this offseason, should they prioritize finding a roster spot for John Conchar? Or should they do like they did with Utah this year and give him another year with the two-way to see if he could potentially get that converted before that deadline to sign new two-ways? I think, um, and I need to double check because John Contra, his two way might have just been a one year two way contract. It's 
whenever these guys sign them, it's very vague. But if I remember correctly, I think it's he just had a one year, so I think he'll be a free agent um, if they don't give him a deal. And I think I think they need to prioritize them because um, I think at the end of the day, you have guys at the end of the bench. Like I mean, Jonte Porter is clearly a you know potential piece that they have. They technically have an, a spot open depending on what you want to do with Anthony Tolliver. Um, but I don't think you lose sleep if you cut Marco Guterich over him. Um, I know this is going to be painful to hear, but with Conchar being, you know, as effective as he is and both Dylan and DeAnthony kind of taking up a lot of minutes at the two guard, you know, Grayson Allen could be a trade candidate again, you know, just to, you know, Grayson in a 40 could, you know, move the Grizzlies up in the draft. Um, I saw Joe floated that on his piece um, at some point over the last couple of weeks. So I think, I think they should prioritize keeping John Conchar um, just because, I mean, like you said, he's, he's always doing something productive. He may not be, you know, much more than a five or six points per game average type guy, but, you know, I think, He's shown enough promise to at least earn an NBA contract and keep him in the Grizzlies organization. You know, that Grayson Allen comment really did hurt, to be honest, but I cut just that emotional ties as far as holding on too long or putting too much stock into a player getting cut or traded or anything. You know, they did that to me with Wade. Well, I like Wade. Uh, Grayson Allen way more than I liked Wade Baldwin, but I was a big Wade Baldwin guy. They cut him before this season, before his sophomore season. Traded away Chandler Parsons, which you and I and basically everyone else on GBB was really hoping that it would work out, but we really didn't accept the fact that it wasn't going to work out until he actually got traded. And I'm ready to do the same with Grayson Allen. Even though I did, I do think he provided a lot of value as a somewhat of a bench spark plug. There are some nights where he was the only guy that was creating opportunities. But I want to get it back to the hustle because this is a hustle podcast right now. <laughs> but um, from what it looks like, there will be an open two-way spot, whether it's with Yuta or with Concha or both. I mean, if there's if both two-way spots are open, that's massive for going forward for this Grizzlies team, especially ones where you can find flyers there. I mean, we've seen with the Miami Heat, they they found Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn through two ways in their G League deals. So the Grizzlies, as they're on this rebuild, and eventually there's going to come a point where you're going to need depth no matter what. And as Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Brandon Clark, they'll eventually get paid. You got to just – capitalize and find avenues to find depth wherever it is. So what course of action would you like to see the hustle take when it comes to their two-way deals? Should they prioritize trying to convert one of their players, whether it's Dusty Hannah's or Shaq Buchanan into a two-way deal, or should they look at a guy in a draft that might fall kind of like what they did with Conchar, just that analytics darling from a small school what do you think they should do with their two-way contract? So you kind of touched on it earlier. A lot kind of depends on what the NBA allows with this, you know, Orlando experiment. Personally, I think it'd be better for them to just allow the two-way guys on con- on the two-way contracts to be part of the playoff active roster 
um, you know, just make an exception for this year instead of making it to where they have to convert the contracts. But um, I definitely think, I mean, my heart tells me, you know, oh, give it to one of the hustle guys. They deserve it. But, you know, the brain says, you know, use that to get somebody in the, you know, in the gym, in the Grizzlies locker room that, you know, you can kind of figure out, but also can help contribute to the team. And fortunately, I, I think Dusty kind of fits both of that. I mean, he's he has his physical limitations. He's never going to be, you know, great. You know, he's not going to have the size to really be much on the defensive end other than, you know, he's got to work harder to, you know, get stops. But, I mean, guys at the end of the bench, you kind of want them to be specialists. And I don't think you can find many guys that can come in and catch fire and drain some threes like Dusty can, you know. I think back, you know, a couple of years ago where, you know, Grizzlies had a handful of random guys who would come in off the bench and, you know, get the Grizzlies back into games, you know, down 20, the guy comes in and makes a few plays, down 10 and they're back in it. Dusty can do that, you know, if given the chance, you know. Um, so I think, you know, definitely one of the spots needs to go to Dusty. One, I think he's deserved a legitimate chance, you know, actually playing the NBA instead of, you know, kind of garbage minutes. And then both of his 10-day contracts have gotten cut short due to, Grizzlies injury so I think he deserves the opportunity he's proven he's talented enough um but let's say they have two open and that that's where I'm kind of torn I think Shaq Buchanan is a great player I think he has the potential to be you know a solid bench guy off you know solid guy off the bench in the NBA but I'd probably say try and keep Shaq in a hustle uniform you know just on a you know another exhibit 10 contract keep him down there and really go after a guy that could be undrafted. Like, let's say, like, Maker Maker, you know, goes to the NBA draft instead of college and goes undrafted, take a flyer on him, kind of like the Nuggets did, like, Bull Bull. Um, you know, someone like Trendon Watford, who was a Memphis recruit, you know, last year, he's, you know, projected to be kind of a fringe, you know, late second-round pick. You know, so I kind of like him to see what they did with Conchar. Um, clearly it worked. Um, and then, I'll, you know, even if it's someone they, that goes undrafted or if they make a move to get, you know, a late second round pick to sign a guy to a two-way deal, I'd like to see them, you know, take take a look at the uh, free agent landscape in a sense and get someone new in the locker room that's not familiar and see how it fits. Yeah, I feel that. And um, I, I would be cool either way. I mean, like you mentioned, Dusty Hannes does deserve a spot. Whether it's with the Memphis Grizzlies or elsewhere, he's proven that he's at least better than 450. Like, there's he, there's not 450 guys better than Dusty Hannah. Let's be completely real. He yeah. can go and find a spot somewhere as a three-point specialist at the end of the bench. But like you said, like, I would be fine with, like, a trend in Wofford or Maker Maker. Uh, Arkansas has two really good combo guards and Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones. I've seen Isaiah Joe on draft boards, but Mason Jones hasn't, even though he put up good stats at Arkansas as one of the most productive players in the SEC. So I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do because from what it looks like from this season, just like the main roster, the Memphis hustle is a well-run organization. And so it's about all the time we have But Brandon. Do you have any just final remarks before we close the show? Uh, just I do want to say, yeah, Mason Jones is awesome. I kind of – he was one of the names I wrote down for potential two-way guys. You know, would love to have a two hogs on the two-way deal. You know, I think that would just be kind of 
something fun and cool, you know, kind of grow the Arkansas fan base a little bit. Um, and then I know you and Nate, when y'all do the core four, you like y'all's comparisons. And I thought of something that hit me earlier today. John Contra is kind of like a shooting guard version of Nick Collison back with the Thunder. Ooh, I like that. Because, you know, like he never that. did anything, you know, sexy. You know, he didn't really, you know, stuff the stat sheet. But, you know, he was kind of annoying if, you know, like when he's not on your team and he was always productive. Um, and that's kind of really who John Contra reminds me of is a shooting guard version of a Nick Collison. Or if you want to go old school Grizzlies, like a Brian Cardinal, uh, where, you know, you just kind of don't put up numbers, but, you know, you just really, really like them or they're really good, you know, like I hated Nick Collison because he was so dang annoying, but Thunder fans, you know, will go to bat for that guy for the end of time. Um, so I did write that down and definitely had to get my comparison in there because um, I know you and Nate love doing that with insults and compliments for players. Hey, yeah, leave the insults to him. That, that's that's not my brand, but no, nah, yeah, Brandon, I appreciate you stepping on the show and – Honestly, I've, I've loved your hustle coverage. I mean, honestly, guys, the G League is growing each and every year. And it's fun to go down to Haven and watch Memphis hustle basketball. They play hard, uh, the marketing team, and they do a great job of finding cool ways to get fans involved and out to South Haven, whether it's dog night where you bring your dog to a game. I mean, what's better than – watching basketball and hanging out with a pup. That's pretty cool. But for real, we're going to see the G League grow more and more each and every year. You better start the wave now. Just hop on and yeah, read all hop, the- hop on before it gets too cool. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to become too mainstream and you're not going to be with it really. So whenever there's a hustle report that Brandon chops or if he's dropping a feature on a hustle player, or a hustle coach, you better read it because – to be honest, I don't know anybody that covers a hustle like them. So, Brandon, that's your uh, gas up for the day. Uh, I appreciate it, Parker. And uh, it, it's been fun. Yeah, I definitely suggest, uh, you know, heading down to South Haven if you get the chance next year. Um, they always have all sorts of fun things going on, like you said. And uh, be sure to follow the blog at SBN Grizzlies. Um, follow me on Twitter at BC Abraham. Um, have weekly hustle reports, you know, game recaps for every home game. Um, you know, obviously cruise coverage as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, definitely ride the wave, hop on before, you know, it gets too crowded. Absolutely. Thank you, Brandon. And you can find me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Make sure you're liking, downloading, subscribing, whatever you have to do for the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. With that, that's it. 